You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruni. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. So really not a lot going on here, breaking news-wise, guys. Uh... Most of the stuff that we'll be getting into, really news-wise, will be the injuries that we've got going through these games, the people who are going to be missing or questionable, and I don't really want to address all those here and then again in the game previews, so we will touch on them, obviously, in the game previews. Uh, realistically, the only ones uh, not fantasy-worthy, or not fantasy-relevant unless you're in IDP leagues, Earl Thomas is uncertain to play this Sunday for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, obviously. With as bad as their defense has looked, that could be just another huge blow for them. Uh, Marcus Mariota will be decided in 24 hours. Again, we'll touch on that. Uh, Schottenheimer believes he needs to be better in the um, play calling for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I'm not really sure that that's all his fault on how bad their offense has looked. They really just don't have anybody. The team looks completely different without having Doug Baldwin there. They've got two running backs uh who, you know, neither one, in my opinion, are, are elite ones for fantasy or realistically NFL running back. So, um, you know, I'm not too – I can't hate on him too much. Can't blame him for that offense. Sure, I guess there's better ways and better things they could do for Russell Wilson. I know they've wanted to supposedly uh, kind of coach the magic out of Russell Wilson is the way I'd put it, and him kind of running around and extending plays, which I, I don't think is the right move. Uh, you know, that is kind of the only re- only reason they've won the past couple of years is because of him being able to do stuff like that. So we'll see how that works out for them. And then last but not least, before we jump into the game previews, uh, Hugh Jackson said he is not going to name the uh, – starting quarterback for week four yet for the Browns and, and that really does make a lot of sense to me I know a lot of people are saying what that's crazy that's stupid it has to be Baker guys let's calm down it's going to be Baker Mayfield there's no way that it's not going to be but he's doing this out of respect for Tyrod and as as a you know lifelong Browns fan I, I appreciate what Tyrod did those first two games. I, you know, he while he didn't play great, he kept them in the game. He gave them chances to win, and you just can't. He's very from everything I've I've read. Again, I don't. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not a player, so I, I can't speak from their side of things. Just from what I I read here, see, 
is that uh, he's very respected there in Cleveland, in that locker room. All the, his teammates love him. Hugh Jackson is not going to come out after Tyrod basically knows that he just lost his job to the rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield. He's not going to come out now and say, hey, by the way, Baker's our guy going forward. Thanks for everything you've done, Tyrod. You know, thanks for your service. He's going to make it seem like he's going to go back, watch the tape. I mean, I would honestly be shocked if Tyrod got his job back. I wouldn't put it past Hugh to give Tyrod his job back, but I think realistically, it's going to be the it's going to be Baker's job going forward. Uh, he just doesn't want to announce it yet, and I appreciate that. You know, as a respect thing to Tyrod, he deserves that too. Even if it's not really a glance at it to see if Tyrod should get his job back, at least they're making it seem like they're going to give him the opportunity to get his job back. So all that. Uh, he said, let's go ahead and, and jump into breaking down last night's the the Browns the So seriously, I mean, what a game all around. The Browns got down early. Up, Jets went up 14-0. Sam Darnold looked okay, uh, looked kind of shaky here, has looked shaky the past two weeks. Tyrod just, I mean, let's be honest, he looked bad to start this game off. Um, 
you know, was struggling, making, missing guys wide open. Whether he was hyped up, uh, you could tell he was, his shoulder was bothering him a little bit on a couple of the hits that he took. Uh, he just seemed to be holding the ball too long. They'll miss Callaway on a deep bomb in the second quarter. He underthrew him as a, threw a nice little Peyton Manning duck up there. You know, and then he, he tried to play it off like it was Callaway's fault, that telling him he should have came back for it. I'm like, nah, bro. Callaway had his man beat big time. You'd have just laid it out there like you did last week. Callaway would have went and got it. You're probably looking at a 7-14 to game at that moment. Uh, but he does get the concussion, comes out. Baker Mayfield comes in. And, I mean, you could instantly see a change in the entire offense when that happened. Everybody looked better. Carlos Hyde all of a sudden was getting running lanes, which I would assume <clears throat> just by – Looking at it is probably that they weren't stacking the box as much because they knew Baker could go ahead and beat them throwing the ball where I don't think they probably felt Tyrod could. And that is why they were kind of stacking the box, not letting Carlos Hyde get anywhere. But Hyde looked better. All of a sudden, David Njoku came alive, and he was a part of the offense. We have not seen that with Tyrod. Rashard Higgins, Jarvis Landry, Antonio Callaway would have had a much better night had he not dropped that ball on the sideline. So, I mean, Baker came in, just lit it up, finished with over 200 yards. You know, obviously did the nice little uh, Philly Philly special um for the cleveland brown fans and eagle fans the nice little jarvis landry they ran it the opposite way but of course that was because jarvis landry's left-handed you know landry finished with eight receptions 103 yards carlos hyde 98 yards on 23 carries and obviously two touchdowns by the way happy belated birthday carlos hyde congratulations on the birth of your child carlos jr i mean that's it's got to have been an awesome two days for him then of course baker finished with the 201 yards and and get this on 17 of 23 passes right there were four drops guys he literally could have gone 21 for 23 in his first game as the cleveland browns quarterback now all that being said oh plus our kicker actually made some kicks we could be sitting here three and fucking oh guys it's fucking ridiculous but anyways Let's calm down on Baker. Let's not build the bust yet. Get his Hall of Fame jacket sizing and everything. It was a great game. I'm assuming that he will be the starting quarterback for the Raiders, and he's going to struggle, guys. But he's he's not going to do this every week. It was great to see, though. I do think that the Browns took the right player at number one. You know, I he's been my number one this whole time. I love Baker. Like Sam Darnold a lot. I thought he looked okay here. He struggled 15 of 31, 169 yards, and two t- two interceptions. Uh, Belial Powell and Quincy Anun were both the best Jets players, like I said on the podcast Thursday. Powell 14 for 73, and then Quincy Anun was just tearing up carry in that slot. Only got the four for 57, but they were a lot of huge plays and a couple on screen plays, which was just ridiculous to see how bad carry was biting on those and allowing Anun to just go right up the field. Um, um, and before I touch on the quarterbacks, the Browns defense is legit, guys. I, you know, I was maybe it was the the you know bad part of the being a Browns fan. I, I just didn't want to believe it, uh, so I was kind of being hesitant on believing this defense and how good they were the first two weeks. But I, I'm a full on believer now in Denzel Ward. I loved it when they picked you. Maybe it was because of my Ohio State bias. Uh, you know, a lot of people thought that they should have gone Bradley Chubb to have him and Miles Garrett on the outsides, but I think they absolutely nailed that pick already. Three three weeks in is all I have to see. Dude, I, I believe he's going to be a shutdown corner. Three or two interceptions against Ben Roethlisberger in week one. The huge fumble recovery this this week. Dude is going to be legit. I cannot wait to see this career, This not even just his career, this franchise being built 
built around Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, and Denzel Ward. I mean, I I just I don't want to get too optimistic because I've been here before back, and I'm not even kidding you. Like the Brady Quinn days, Derek Anderson, Brandon Whedon with um, Braylon Edwards and Joe Hayden. I mean, it's we've had guys in the past, and we thought it was a this just looks like a completely different Browns team, and I cannot wait to see what they do the rest of this year and going forward. Um, so for the quarterbacks thing, I've heard a lot of people talking about all of a sudden now Baker Mayfield is the guy Sam Darnold maybe not as good as we thought let's calm down guys you know both of these guys had have had struggles and they're gonna have struggles they're rookie quarterbacks Sam Darnold had a great week one bounced back after throwing literally his first pass first pass being obviously the you know interception return for touchdown but the way he bounced back from that I thought he looked good he continued to play good yes he struggled he's also 21 years old so I would pump the brakes I think both of these guys have huge careers ahead of them I'm looking forward to watching them play for the next decade and I hope they meet up again in the playoffs and everything you know I, I wish nothing but the best for the Jets and the Browns, obviously, I would love to see the Browns in the playoffs. So it was a great game all around. Started off horrible, but finished off really, really good. I was so excited to see it go the way that it did. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the Week 3 games here in the NFL. All right, we are going to start out with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals at Carolina, so for the Bengals side of things here, um, they're looking to go three and zero. Right now, the uh, Carolina Panthers are favored to win this game. So Andy Dalton, I'm start with the quarterbacks here. Uh, Andy Dalton has looked good so far this season. 45 for 70, 508 yards, six touchdowns and one interception. I don't expect him to be as good as he has been so far this season. Uh, I think the Panthers were kind of a – they looked pretty pissed off with the way that they got beaten by Atlanta last week. I think they're going to come out on fire at home, try and shut down this Bengals offense that is averaging 30 points a game so far for obviously just two weeks into the season. Uh, I do expect Dalton to have a decent game here, but I wouldn't expect him to go huge. Uh, he was my pick, though, outside the top 12 to possibly jump in there just because of the way he's played. But uh, I would temper expectations just a little bit here. Wide receiver side for the Bengals, obviously, is still all A.J. Green. Uh, obviously, not expecting him to have another three-touchdown week. Uh, but the Panthers' weakest part of their defense is their secondary, so I think they're beatable there. A.J. Green, I think, could put up some points. Other than him, uh, I mean, I, I trust Tyler Boyd a little bit. Uh, their slot corner for the Panthers is uh, definitely more beatable than the guys on the outside. Uh, so I trust Boyd to possibly do a little bit more here than John Ross, though. Of course, if you're in deeper leagues or in best ball, obviously, well, best ball doesn't matter. You can't sit your lineups anyways. But that's where I think John Ross will thrive because realistically it only takes that one big play for him to do some damage. For the running backs here, obviously Joe Mixon is out. So if you've got Gio Bernard, you've got to play him. Last year when Mixon was out, Bernard thrived in that spot taking the lead role he did everything for that backfield they are they have mark walton in there as well who's the rookie out of miami i liked him coming out of college i'm not sure not sold that he's going to be an every down back but i think he can mix in and get you a little bit of stuff uh there's not been a lot of high praise coming out of cincinnati on him so i personally am interested a little bit just to see on how he does but it's going to be here bernard all day long 
so I would, if you've got him, play him. He took a lot of people into the fantasy playoffs last year when Mixon was hurt before he ended up getting hurt. So I would have no reservations whatsoever with him. Carolina side of things here. So Cam Newton, for me, was is top five this week. Uh, Bengals defense is not nearly as scary as many people think it is. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all in on, on Cam Newton. If you've got him, play him. Likely probably going to get another rushing touchdown because that just seems what he does. I'm a little worried that he won't put up the yards he did, obviously, against Atlanta. All it comes down to if Cincinnati can continue to put up the points that they have, then Carolina's going to have to throw. He's going to have to throw, so he'll probably put up the yards. Wide receiver-wise here, I mean, I, I guess you've got to trust Devin Funches. I'm not really a huge believer in him, but he is their main go-to guy. I would love to see DJ Moore get more involved here. Obviously had the touchdown last week. Uh, Ron Rivera came out earlier this week and said that they need to get him more involved, and I really hope that they do because outside of Antonio Callaway, I thought DJ Moore was the next – well, I – they're right there. I think Antonio Callaway has more upside, but DJ Moore is going to be the best ride, or in my opinion, closer to the start of the season because he's more ready to go. The kid out of Maryland, he's good. I think he's going to be he's going to thrive there. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, the dude's legit. I, I hope he gets more carries this week. Um, but obviously, if you're in a PPR league, you're fine with all the catches he's getting in yards he's putting up uh, because he's just continuing to light it up that part of his game. It's what he was great at in Stanford. He's continued to thrive at it in the NFL. So whatever whatever they decide to do with him, whether he's going to be catching, running the ball, just keep doing what you're doing, run CMC because you're, you're making your fantasy owners very happy. So, you know, obviously with the, the injury report inactives, realistically it's just Joe Mixon for the Bengals, and we just talked about Giovanni Bernardo. Although Billy Price is out there center, uh, that does worry me a little bit in the run game again because this Panthers defense, their front seven is what's really the best part of this defense. So if they can get in there, break stuff up in the backfield, they're going to have to rely on Bernard doing a lot of his work in the passing game. And then for the Panthers, really just for me, Curtis Samuel, again, he looks so good in the preseason. I was really kind of hoping – that they would uh, just to see him in the in the season, see what he could do. He was great at Ohio State. I think uh, not necessarily Tyree Kill, but he has that kind of speed and uh, dangerous ability to be kind of used in multiple different ways in the offense. So I was excited to see what he could possibly do in this offense, but he is out. That's unfortunate uh, for me. I've got the Panthers winning this game, so go Panthers. Next up, Giants. At the New York Giants at the Houston Texans. So Texans are heavily favored here. On the Giants side of things, Eli Manning. You know, you know what? I'm going to change it before I do the breakdowns. So let's, let's go ahead and hit the injury reports beforehand. Makes it a little bit easier to do stuff. So for the Giants, Eli Apple, Olivier Vernon. That is great news for the Houston Texans and their running and passing games. And then for the Houston Texans, really just... Kiki Cote and Jordan Thompson, their tight end, are both questionable. Um, I, I don't think either one of them are going to play. Um, if Jordan Thompson Thomas doesn't play, I don't know why I keep calling him Thompson, Jordan Thomas doesn't play, could be good things for Jordan Akins, who I really like. He's a physical freak, really good uh, catcher of the ball at the tight end position. Not a great blocker, but he's very good offensively in catching the ball, making plays after the catch. I'd like to see if maybe he gets some more work if Thomas does end up missing the game. So now... Back to the teams. Eli Manning has just not looked good. I mean, if you guys have watched anything the past two weeks, you've seen that as well. 
He just looks like he's expecting to get hit, expecting the rush to get home every single play. He's releasing the ball, at least from my very untrained NFL high, uh, releasing the ball sooner than he should, and he's missing his wide receivers. He's throwing, you know, just trying to get rid of the ball so quickly. He's missing the fact, not going through his progression, seeing wide receivers or the tight end, Evan Ingram, open in different parts of the field, and he's just checking it down to Barkley every chance he gets. Now, maybe that's something in the fact that they're just trying to prove Barkley was a great pick for them at two. I don't know, but it's just it's not looked good. If Eli Manning does not pick up his play, I, I'm, if you own Ingram, Tom, uh, Ingram, Ingram, Barkley, OBJ, or Shepard, I would just I would be terrified right now because this offense just does not look good. So for Saquon here, obviously, um, you know, not great so far on the season. He's rushed 29 times for 134 yards. Now that is 4.62 yards an average, which is above the NFL average. The NFL average is 4 yards a carry. Um, But I think a lot of what boosted that up was that 60-yard run against the Jaguars in Week 1. Obviously, last week he did not do good at all rushing, did all of his work in the passing game. Odell has yet to score so far this season, just 15 receptions with 162 yards. I would expect him to be decent this week. Obviously, Houston Texans, their weakest part of their team, in all honesty, is their secondary and their offensive line. Uh, So hopefully Odell can get loose here. I would trust him more than Sterling Shepard. But then again, this is all going to fall back on Eli. And if Eli can get them the ball. uh, And Evan Ingram, same thing. You know, if you've got him, you're playing him. He's he's still a stud tight end because all he really takes is one big play. And he's made his day for you. So Ingram's a go for me. On Houston's side of things, you know, Deshaun Watson... Uh, looked much better in the fourth quarter last week. Uh, not great up until that point, but hey, you know that that is why they play four quarters, I guess. So, you know, I, I think he'll be okay in this game. The Giants' defense is a little underrated. I think they're much better than people give them credit for, though they are missing, as I stated, Olivier Vernon and Eli Apple. I think Eli Apple being out is going to help out Hopkins and Fuller. Um, you know, I'm not seeing Fuller on the uh, injury, or he's questionable on the injury report, but from everything I've read, it looks like he's going to play, so I would not be worried about him. Other than those guys, man, like I said, Jordan Akins, I'd like to see if he can do something here. Uh, Lamar Miller for the running backs, I mean, he's an RB2. If you got him, start him. I, I'm not expecting anything miraculous out of him. No 166 yards on 34 carries, so right around league average, not a... Not great, not bad is what it is. For I mean, four point eight yards a carry. So I take that back. He's actually been pretty, been pretty good, which is surprising because I just don't think he's that good of a running back anymore. But you know, you got him. You you've got to start him at this point. Chances are you don't have anybody else better to play at the RB two spot. And then of course I have the uh, the Texans winning this game. The next game, which should be a fantasy football frenzy. The New Orleans Saints are at Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta Falcons are favored in this game. For the Saints side of things, I mean, Drew Brees has been just typical Drew Brees. He's gone back more to passing, which I predicted earlier this year. I thought they'd get away from the run just a little bit. They were very run-heavy last year. That might change come Week 5 when Mark Ingram comes back because, as I've stated, it is a very unpopular opinion. I don't think Alvin Kamara is that great of a running Back. I think he does much better as a receiving back and does great in that part of his game. But, 
he's just not that good of a running back. I know people seem to think that's a, a crazy take. I personally don't think so. But we'll see what happens. For the uh, injury report here, obviously Mark Ingram out. Manti Teow and Tyler Davidson, uh, linebacker in the defensive tackle, are out for the Saints. Uh, that's obviously good news for Tevin Coleman and this uh, and Julio Jones. Or not Julio Jones, just Tevin Coleman, really. Uh, it will be interesting to see how good he's going to be being the lead back because on Atlanta's side of things, Devonta Freeman is out, and then really uh, Andy Levitri, their guard, is out as well. So back to the Saints thing. Obviously, Drew Brees, he's I've got him project, projected to be a top quarterback this week. Uh, I would expect he's going to be just as good as he has been here. For their wide receivers, I mean, Michael Thomas has just been ridiculous. I would imagine he's going to... He's got a little bit of a tough matchup here with Atlanta, obviously. You know, Desmond Trufant is still a very good cornerback, but not, and so is uh, Robert Alford, but not having Keanu Neal, uh, their main safety, who obviously tore his ACL, is going to be huge. And I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to cover Michael Thomas. The dude has been legit so far this year. He already has 28 receptions for 269 yards, three touchdowns. He is on pace right now for, I believe, it's 215 receptions. The. Uh, the record for most receptions in a season is 144, I think. Sorry, 143 by Marvin Harrison in 2002. Michael Thomas has a legitimate shot to beat that. I, I hope he does again, not just because he's an Ohio State guy. I just love the kid. I think the way he plays the game is awesome. If you've got him in fantasy, if you if you have him in a dynasty league, you're just thanking, thanking the Lord that that happened for you. Dear Lord, baby Jesus. Or as our brothers to the south call you, Jesus, we thank you. I just want to take time to say thank you. Obviously, other than Michael Thomas, you can count on Ted Ginn here. I think he's had a couple good games. Obviously, he's their deep threat until we can see anything from Traquan Smith or maybe Cameron Meredith. But Ted Ginn, for me, I, w I would start him if you got him as a de definitely as a wide receiver three because of that upside that he brings to the table. Obviously... In the running game, it's all Alvin Kamara all day long. Like I said, I, I don't think he's going to get a lot of rushing work here. But with Deion Jones being out uh, for the linebacker core as well for Atlanta, I mean, he's he's going to get the catches. Likely not going to have any kind of linebacker that can slow him down, so he should be good there as well. For Atlanta's side of things, Matt Ryan uh, looked decent so far this year. You know, got two touchdowns, two interceptions. Had a really good game last week. They seem to finally be getting over their red zone woes. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian kind of drawing up some good plays last week against Carolina, which does have a good defense. Uh, I'm not expecting either one of these defenses either to really slow each other down, which is why I could see this being a shootout. Obviously, Julio is off to another great, great year so far. He's, I mean, if you've got him, you're starting him. I, I'm not sure if he sees the end zone again. This week or not, I know uh, he obviously did not see it in week two or even week one. I mean, he's this this poor guy, man. He just is so good and just cannot find the end zone for some reason. Other than him, uh, really interested to see what Calvin Ridley does this week. I thought he had a really uh, he was really kind of involved last week. Did really good. Obviously got the touchdown reception. I would like to see if he can pass Muhammad Sanu what he does in this offense. Um, so interested to watch him this next week. And then obviously Tevin Coleman. Devonta Freeman's going to be out. Tevin Coleman rushed for over 100 yards last week. 
Would have loved to see him get into the end zone. That didn't happen for him. I actually do think that's going to happen this week uh, for him. So if you've got Coleman, again, great great uh, placeholder uh, for Devonta Freeman until he comes back. As a Tevin Coleman owner, I hope Devonta Freeman's out for a while. Obviously, Freeman owners don't hope that, but we'll see. Both these teams sitting at 1-1. One and one. I have the, Fal- or the Saints actually winning this game. Next up is the Packers at the Redskins. Packers 1-0-1 against the 1-1 Washington Redskins. Very interested to see how this game could go. Obviously, Washington looked so good in Week 1, then had a really down week against the Colts, uh, which I wasn't expecting. I thought it would be a really good game for fantasy. was for the Colts players, not so much the Redskins players last week. And then Green Bay, obviously, all this hinges on Rodgers because... Right now, the the Washington team is slightly favored to win this game. Uh, Rodgers is going to be the key to everything here. So, obviously, Rodgers is questionable. He's been held out all week, though. That's just to manage his reps and get him rest because that's what his knee needs to get better. He's going to play here. Uh, Unless he gets hurt, I don't expect anything bad to happen for him. Other than that... The amount of injuries that the Green Bay Packers have in their secondary is ridiculous. So Kevin King, their cornerback, is out. Devon House and Josh Jones, their cornerback and safety, are both questionable. Now, it's likely that they'll play, but if they don't, I mean, this could spell bad news for that uh, that defense and Alex Smith actually getting a chance to throw the ball all around. On the Redskins side of things, realistically, just Zach Brown, their, their stud linebacker, is questionable, though he's expected to play. And then Paul Richardson is questionable as well. I actually haven't heard if he's if he's considered uh, if if they're considering him to play or not. So definitely something to watch. I mean, he's the he's the deep threat here. I, I wouldn't expect much out of Richardson, but if he doesn't play, that I think that does kind of increase possibly a workload for um, Josh Doxson, though he's been kind of irrelevant all year. So for the Packers side of things here, I mean, obviously Aaron Rodgers. It, the whole game is going to hinge on him. How good he's going to be. Obviously, you know, already thrown for over 560 yards so far this season, four touchdowns. I, I just don't see his running. What he does in the running game is going to lack, obviously. He's not really going to be able to get out of the pocket right now. So it's all going to have to come from throwing, which does limit his upside a little bit in fantasy because even though it wasn't a lot, you'd always get like that 30 or 40 yards rushing from him every once in a while and, every, and, and a touchdown every once in a while. But you, you could always kind of count on that rushing yards in every game because he'd get out of the pocket and just make a play because he's such a good athlete. And even though it doesn't sound like much, that three extra points helps every week. You know, that boost him from he had 18 points last week. Well, all of a sudden that puts him over 21. Well, that's a decent outing for a quarterback nowadays. Most quarterbacks are expected to get at least 20 points, so that would have put him up over that threshold. Wide receivers, I mean, it's Devontae Adams all day, every day. Uh, Randall Cobb here is... I could see him having a good game. I'm not really looking at Geronimo Allison at all, but it's all Devontae Adams for the running back. So Aaron, this will be Aaron Jones' first game back coming off suspension, and Mike McCarthy has already come out and said that he's the third running back in this rotation, that he likes what Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery have done, and they've been available I think if you're an Aaron Jones owner, this is kind of what you've expected. I don't think many of us expected once he came back, he was immediately going to get that starting role. But it's going to happen. I would almost bet you by next week, 
probably no later than week five because he's just so much better at running the ball than Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams is. He's by far the best rusher of the ball. Now, Jamal Williams has better hands, so he could be out there for the passing plays and everything in the next coming weeks uh, because he's also a very good pass blocker, which Aaron Jones spent a lot of the offseason improving on. So, Definitely interested to see what he looks like this week because I think he could be a sneaky play going forward. I would imagine he's been drafted or owned in most leagues, especially since this will be he comes off a suspension. But if he's available in your league, I would definitely grab him now because I think he's someone who could be a league winner. Uh, for Washington, Alex Smith, you know, he's he's been Alex Smith. Surprisingly, thrown for over 500 yards already. Just two touchdowns, though. Uh, but looked good. You know, for me, he's he's that middle to below pack quarterbacks. I, I wouldn't start him unless I was desperate. He obviously has that upside, especially with the rushing, where he could obviously go off and finish as a top quarterback. I'm just not expecting it. Uh, I think this Packers defense is fairly good. But if Rodgers is able to put up points, Washington's going to have to put up points to keep up with them. Uh, so I do expect him to throw a lot. For the wide receivers here, I mean, I don't even know who to go with. Uh, I mean, really, realistically, it's it's got to be the tight end. It's got to be Jordan, uh, Jordan Reed, right? I mean, he's the only one who's really done anything wide receiver-wise for this team. I was really hoping to have a, a big year out of Jamison Crowder. He's just been practically non-existent I don't know uh, a lot of people think it's because of how good Jordan Reed has been he obviously hasn't been uh really available for the Redskins the past couple years when uh Crowder has shined you know Josh Doxson they did sign Brashad Perriman though I'm not expecting much out of him so realistically I think it's all just Jordan Reed and Chris Thompson Chris Thompson has been by far the most active and best back in that backfield you know he's 19 receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown. He's just been legit. Alex Smith is checking down to him like nobody's business. I do like the fact if you're an Adrian Peterson owner that he's gotten some receptions and he's actually done something with it. Uh, I think if the Redskins get up, they will rely on Peterson more often than they will Thompson. But if it's kind of close or in a shootout most of the day, I think Thompson's the guy to go to. Uh, And I did forget to touch on Jimmy Graham uh, real quick for the Packers. Uh, for me, even though he had a good week last week, I still don't trust him. I think he's more of a red zone guy. Obviously, chances are if you drafted him, you don't have a better tight end, so you just got to play him and hope for a touchdown, but I wouldn't expect much out of him. And then I, I actually have the Packers winning this game. Next up, we have probably one of the most interesting games of the weekend, the 1-1 one one Colts at the 1-1 one one Eagles. The Eagles are projected to win this by far, and obviously it is the return of Carson Wentz. For the injury report here, uh, for the Colts side, nothing really. Clayton Gathers, their safety, and Quincy Wilson, their cornerback. Wilson is out. Gathers is questionable. Uh, I mean, that's somewhat decent, I guess, for Philly's wide receivers, though Philly's wide receivers is a pretty... Bad looking core to begin with, as we'll touch on when we get to Philadelphia. Oh my goodness, I cannot stop yawning. My God, I am old. Anyways, um, for Philly's side of things here, so Corey Clement is questionable with the hamstring injury, though he is expected to play, and uh, their coaches are coming out saying that he is fine. Both uh, Jay Ajayi and Darren Sproles are out of this game, as is Alshon Jeffrey. And Jason Peters is questionable as well, which could be a... 
a big blow for Corey Clement. Uh, while I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of rushing, he'll probably get a lot of receiving work, and we'll touch on that in a minute. So for the Colts side of things here, Andrew Luck, uh, he's he's looked okay here. Obviously, coming back from the shoulder injury that kept him out, um, hasn't really thrown the ball deep here, which is what I was hoping to see. Obviously, that's been kind of hurting Ty's value here with only 129 yards. Though he does have the two touchdowns. And, I mean, realistically, they don't have anybody else outside of T.Y. You know, Ryan Grant, I'm not expecting much out of him. Really, it's going to come down to uh, Eric Ebron because Jack Doyle is out as well. I forgot to mention him on Indianapolis side of things. With him being out due to a hip injury, I think it's all going to be T.Y., Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron already has been tied in to own in this offense, in my opinion. I think that just bumps him up even more. Uh, for the rushing attack here, Jordan Wilkins, Marlon Mack, and Naheem Hines. I mean, realistically, if I had to pick one of those three guys, I want to own Naheem Hines because I think he's got the most carved-out role in this offense. Uh, with the with, with the fact that he's the passing down back, uh, he does a lot in the passing game. Marlon Mack is out again with his hamstring. So it's going to be Jordan Wilkins here, though. There is talk that they'll mix in Christian Michael. Uh, you know, Christian Michael's a jag for me. I do think Jordan Wilkins is a legit running back, and I think he's he's really got to turn it up, though. I felt like he was going to win this job. I kept saying by week four or five, we're kind of getting close to week four and five, and he has the ability to do it, and he's been given the chances, but he hasn't done it yet. I think he really, if he wants to steal this job away from Marlon Mack, he's got to do something this week against a very good Philadelphia Eagles defense. Uh, for Philadelphia's side of things, obviously the return of Carson Wentz. Uh, Nick Foles has been okay, I guess, at best is the the way to put it for this Philly offense. Uh, he will obviously go back to being a backup. Carson Wentz, I think, immediately boosts Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz up, and surprisingly, Jordan Matthews, who signed earlier this week with the Eagles. Him and Wentz had a great connection when he was here just a couple years ago. Uh, I mean, they're going to be leaning on him, obviously, because they really don't have anybody else. Their their wide receiver group, with Alshon being out, Matt Collins is on IR as well as Michael Wallace. It's just Jordan Will, uh, Jordan Matthews, Shelton Gibson, Kamar Aiken, Nelson Aguilar, and then Marcus Wheaton. Marcus Wheaton is nobody to me. I like Shelton Gibson, but I think he's he's at least a year away from being any kind of fantasy relevant. Don't even believe in Kamar Aiken. So it's going to be Jordan Matthews and Nelson Aguilar all day getting the ball from uh, Carson Wentz. Nelson Aguilar, I think, is going to lead this team. He's been leading them in targets, in receptions the past couple weeks. And with Wentz back, I think that's just going to continue. Wentz, Wentz is going to look his way early and often. Uh, as I touched on in the injury report, Jay is out. So it's going to be Pretty much mostly Corey Clement here, though. My boy, Josh Adams out of Notre Dame, got signed off the practice squad. He's going to get his first NFL game action. I cannot wait to watch this. This dude, I think, is extremely underrated, went undrafted due to an ankle injury. He was in the Heisman talk last year, was running better than Saquon Barkley. Now, granted, this offensive line for Notre Dame uh, had two top, 10 picks, so they got they had the talent there, don't get me wrong. But Josh Adams still had to do stuff with the ball after the fact. He's a great running back. I think he's going to get a chance to prove it this week. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. He's not going to come in here, and even if he lights up, he's not taking J.H.I.'s job. But the fact that they called him up, I think, worries me about J.H.I. They, they wouldn't have just signed him right up off the practice squad. 
unless they thought, at least in my opinion, that Ajayi is going to be out for a couple weeks. So I think Adams has got a good chance to come up here, make a name for himself for these next couple weeks, and then solidify a spot on this roster as, like I said in the preseason, to be the guy going forward next year with Corey Clement because Sproles will retire, and I think they'll let Ajayi walk in the offseason. Uh, obviously, tied in here, it's all Zach Ertz for the Eagles. I mean, I, I will be interested to see if they get Dallas Goddard involved now, especially with the injuries that they've had at wide receiver and really only having Matthews and Aguilar if if, Ga- if Goddard starts to get uh, involved. If he does, I think that's going to hurt Ertz, at least in the touchdown department, because I think they'll go to Goddard in the red zone. And for me, going to be interesting here because – I'm man. I've got I've got the Eagles winning this, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts Colts pulled the upset. They looked pretty decent last week. I think that they like their chances to come in here and win with Frank Wright. Got definitely going to be an interesting game. Uh, next game, probably um, one of the most uninteresting games of the weekend. 0-2 Buffalo against 1-0-1 Minnesota. I think Minnesota is going to blow the doors off Minnesota, uh, off Buffalo. It's being projected that way. They're heavy favorites. Injury report here. LaShawn McCoy is questionable. Really, that's it for, for Buffalo. For the Vikings, this is going to be huge. So, Everson Griffin... Uh, obviously on that, that pass rush that, I mean, well, Josh Allen, I don't think he's going to have a good game anyways, but Dalvin Cook is out. So, Lat Murray, all day, or day, today, or not today, it's Friday right now, all day, this Sunday. So, for Buffalo's side of things, obviously, this is going to be Josh Allen's second start. Uh, I don't expect much success from him, regardless with Griffin being out. Minnesota has probably the best defense in the league. With their secondary linebackers, that defensive line, I'm just I'm not expecting much out of him. I mean, he's gonna have to throw the ball. To probably is it's going to Zay Jones. I think more often than Kelvin Benjamin, though Kelvin Benjamin has the uh, the touchdown upside. I think. Other than that, I'm not looking at either one of these guys. And then running back wise, you've got. Chris Ivory and Marcus Murphy will likely get most of the carries if McCoy is out. They haven't ruled him out yet, though, with the ribs. With the, with the cartilage injury in his ribs, I'd imagine he's not going to play much because realistically, even if they put that flak jacket on him, if he takes a helmet to the ribs, it's going to be bad again. He's probably going to get pulled out in that game. So whether he starts or gets pulled out, it's going to be Ivory and Murphy most of the time. And I should probably lean Murphy over Ivory. I think Ivory, much like Kelvin Benjamin, has the touchdown upside if they're even able to get into the red zone because he's the bigger, more... Uh, back who's going to kind of try and run people over but I like Marcus Murphy more to get the touches and probably more catches Minnesota side of things here uh you know Kirk Cousins I expect is going to have a good game though I don't think he's going to throw as much as he's had to the past couple games because I think once they get up they're just going to give the ball to Latavius Murray and let him go just to kind of run the clock out now you know Stefan Diggs Adam Thielen you got him you're starting him it's going to be for me, I think this week hard to project which one's going to have the better game. I would probably, again, still lean Thielen because he's going to get more targets, more receptions. Though Stephon Diggs has been scoring the touchdown. So, you know, take that with with a grain of salt. Whichever one you want to take, I don't think you can go wrong either way. Obviously, with Dalvin Cook being out, it's going to be all Latavius Murray. Mike Boone is out as well 
for the running back group, so they really don't have anybody else to rely on back there. Uh, Latavius Murray was good last year while Cook was out. I expect him to just continue to be good. Again, this Buffalo defense, just it, I mean, they're just not good. They have Rock Thomas, uh, who's a rookie who I like, but I don't expect him to do much here as well. So it's going to be Latavius Murray all day long. If you're a Dalvin Cook owner and you have Latavius Murray, great. Plug him in if you sniped Latavius Murray from the Dalvin Cook owner. Depending on who you have, I think he's a worthy flex pay, flex play because of how bad Buffalo's defense is. I expect him to put up some good points here. And then same with Kyle Rudolph. Um, well, I don't expect him to do much in between the 20s. Once we get down into the red zone, we know he's Kirk's main target, and I expect them to be down in the red zone a lot. And I'm sure this comes to no surprise to anybody I'm picking the Vikings to win that game. All right, another very uninteresting game for me, the 0-2 Oakland Raiders going up against the 2-0 Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are projected to win this game. Uh, for the injury report here, nothing really for either side. Rashad Jones for the Dolphins is questionable. He's expected to play. Uh, you know, Daryl Worley and P.J. Hall, the cornerback and defensive tackle for the Raiders, are both out. For Oakland side of things here, Derek Carr, I mean, I would imagine you probably have a better quarterback, so I would play him. I don't expect much out of Carr again in this game. Uh, I would expect Marshawn Lynch to have a good game here. Uh, Dolphins secondary and defensive line, I think, are the strengths of this team. Their linebackers are not that great, though. Kiko Alonso, I think, is a stud. So for me, I think if you've got Jared Cook, uh, I think he's likely going to be able to get open. John Gruden's already shown that when someone gets open, he's going to get him the ball. So I, th- I could see Cook having a big game here. Uh, I'm not expecting Amari Cooper to do anything. I don't think you can start Jordy Nelson until they show that they're actually going to try and get him the ball because uh, they just really haven't so far this season. And realistically, I don't think there's anybody else you can trust. I mean, Martavius Bryant, I guess, if you want that touchdown upside. But and for me, you've got to have been in a, in a in a deep league to be starting Martavius Bryant. Uh, for the Dolphins side of things here, I, I would expect Ryan Tannehill to have a decent game here. Uh, Kenny Stills, Kenyon Drake is the guy I would look at. I think, uh, obviously, with the loss of Khalil Mack, the uh, Raiders have been proven that they can be run on. I like what uh, Drake brings to the team. I think he could have a great game here. Obviously, he can catch the ball as well. So definitely go Drake. Uh, Frank Gore, I'm not worried about him. I think Drake has a chance to be a top 12 back this week. Uh, For their wide receivers, I mean, Danny Amendola should play, but I think Kenny Stills is the guy here. Uh, Has been definitely getting open with Tannehill, I know he didn't do much last week, but had a really good week one. Obviously, uh, if if they do check down Amendola, if he can stay healthy, I don't even know what to do with Devontae Parker anymore. I don't even know if he's going to play. I think at this point, the Dolphins just need to trade him, get him out of there, let him go somewhere else, see if maybe a change of scenery helps the guy out because he's just not doing anything. And as for their tight ends, I mean, I guess if you've got to start Mike Gesicki, I'd do it. I know A.J. Derby, I believe, got the touchdown last week. Uh, Gusecki, he's still learning the offense. I think he has a chance to be a good tight end, but for me, I'd I'd avoid him this week at all costs. And then obviously, Miami, I have winning this game. I'd I'd be very surprised if the Raiders pull this off. Um, next up, the two and zero Denver Broncos going up against the one and one Baltimore Ravens. Uh, very interesting game here for me, at least. Uh, 
On Denver's side of things, injury report, nobody ruled out yet. Adam Jones, Brandon Marshall, and DeMonte Thomas, all questionable, expected to play. So I think their defense is going to be good. All three of those guys, obviously, quarterback, linebacker, and the safety. I think they'll be all right. For the Ravens side of things, Hayden Hurst still out, though, could come back. I think next week or no later than week five. So if he's on your waiver wire, definitely a guy to look at to pick up uh, because of how much Joe Flacco has been targeting these tight ends. I think once Hayden Hurst comes back, he's going to be the guy. He's going to get a lot of work. Could be a sneaky guy who could finish in the top 12 at tight end, especially as, uh, like I said, Joe Flacco has a propensity to target the tight ends, uh, not just this year, but through his career. And Hayden Hurst has shown that he could be the one, especially in the preseason. And then C.J. Mosley, who was expected to be out, is going to play, which I think is a big deal for that linebacking core for Baltimore. Especially because if he was ruled out, I was going to be projecting a huge game for my boy Philip Lindsay. Though I still think he's going to have a good game here because he's just been on fire. Uh, but C.J. Mosley, who's definitely one of the better linebackers in the league, being there helps Baltimore out. So for Denver side of things, Case Keenum, you know, is much like he, he's much like Alex Smith for me. I mean, if you've got him, he has the upside to finish as a top quarterback, but I wouldn't expect it. Uh, Wide receivers here, I think it's all Emmanuel Sanders. He's having a great year. Um, I, you know, I, I was high on Sanders going into the year. I was also kind of high on DT, if I'm being honest, because I thought Keenan was going to help both of them out. But he seems to be helping out Emmanuel Sanders a whole lot more than he is uh, Thomas. Uh, Cortland Sutton, I think, maybe could be a sleeper here to do something because I think that Baltimore defense is definitely going to key in on Sanders and Thomas. And if Sutton can get some playing time here with that speed that he has, I think he could definitely break one for a big play. Other than them, though, I think Jake Butt, uh, tight end for the Broncos, has looked good. Uh, hope that he can continue to progress. I, I liked him this year as kind of a sleeper in the tight end position. Didn't show much in the preseason, but definitely looked good last week. And then, obviously, the running back position. My God, Phillip Lindsay, I think, is going to get outshone by Royce Freeman this week. And it hurts me to say that. Uh, but I do expect them to sit, not sit, uh, rely a little bit more on Royce this week. I think he'll be out there a little bit more. I, I'm not... I'm not really digging this playing the hot hand thing. Uh, as much as I love Philip Lindsay, and as much as I own him in a lot of leagues, uh, due to the fact that nobody else was really paying attention to him, uh, I do think they need to get Royce Freeman going. They drafted this guy to be their lead guy, and they keep shying away from going to Philip Lindsay. And I love the kid. I think he's a legit running back. I just don't think he can hold up as the main guy on every down. And I could be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, because like I said, I love the kid. I own him in so many places. If he ends up becoming the lead running back there, dude, I will be thrilled for him. He is slight, though. He doesn't look it. He's built very well. He proved in college that he could hold up with over 300 carries every year. So I could be dead wrong on him, but they did draft Royce Freeman, and I do think that they've got to give him a shot here. So I expect Royce Freeman to have a decent game here because Baltimore's defense is no joke. Um, and I expect him for the first time this season to kind of outshine Philip Lindsay uh, in the in the rushing game at least. On Baltimore side of things here, uh, Joe Flacco. I'm not expecting a big game out of him here either, just because of how good Denver's defense is. 
Uh, I'm not, you know, I, I just don't think this Baltimore team is that good all around, honestly. I know that they, uh, John Brown has kind of been very good for them. Guy I predicted to be a sleeper, especially that deep, being that deep threat. Although, here's the problem with John Brown. He's had that sickle cell issue, and it seems to come out when, well, never mind. I'm thinking they're in Denver. They're in Baltimore, so that shouldn't matter. I take that back. So he could have himself another good game here. Obviously, Michael Crabtree has been kind of a letdown here. Uh, did have the touchdown in game one. Really didn't do much last week. So, I mean, it's mm, I, I'd kind of still lean more John Brown here. I think he has a chance to continue being that great deep threat that he was. Again, Crabtree just seems to be more working in the middle of the field. And with the linebackers that Denver has, I, I, I would just avoid that altogether. Willie Sneed as well could be a sleeper in this matchup, though. If I had to choose one, I'm going John Brown. Uh, running back-wise, Alex Collins, I just I don't see another I see another bad game for him coming again this week. Uh, you know, I think the first two weeks, it was a lot of game flow that kind of knocked him out of it. And I don't expect that to change this week either, as good as Denver's. Uh, front seven is I don't expect him to get much rushing, so I think they're going to start relying on Javorius Allen again because he's so much better in the receiving game to try and get him open and scheme him up against some of the other linebackers, though Denver has very good linebackers. So I don't expect a very big good game. I actually don't expect this to be a good fantasy game. I expect this more to be kind of a defensive game, like a, a 10 to 7 or 14 to 10 game, and I am predicting that Denver will win it. Next up, Titans and the Jaguars. One and one Tennessee at two and zero Jacksonville. So this should be a good game, especially Jacksonville wasn't able to even beat Tennessee last year. I think they have obviously a very good chance to do that this week. Uh, for the injury report, Titans side David Fluell and their running back, no big deal, out, and Dennis Kelly though their offensive tackle out. Uh, Jacksonville. Both Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon are questionable. Leonard Fournette is believed to be able to play. He did practice Friday, looked good, but TJ Yeldon did not with the ankle injury. So I think, man, it's going to be hard to call because I think if Fournette gets hurt, it's obviously going to be Corey Grant, but I think if you've got Fournette, you got to start him. Because even if he does end up getting hurt, say, in the second quarter or whatever, all it takes is one big play, and he's got you your point. So Fournette's in. You've got to play him. If not, I would do everything you can to get Corey Grant in there because he's shown he can do it because I don't think Yeldon's going to play. For Tennessee's side of things here, uh, as we talked about in the breaking news earlier, um, Marcus Mariota is questionable. They, they won't make the call until probably sometime Sunday morning. Uh, regardless if it's him or Blaine Gabbert, I'm not expecting huge games out of either of them here because they're going up against Jacksonville. Though, if Mariota's playing, I think they have a better chance to win it again than if Blaine Gabbert's playing. Wide receiver-wise, I mean, Corey Davis, I guess, is the guy I would have to lean on here. Rashard Matthews has been kind of a no-show so far this year. Um, you know, Taylor... Uh, Taewon Taylor, I'm sorry, has the upside to obviously score on every play as he showed last week, did in that preseason game where he had that long touchdown run. But I think Corey Davis is going to be the guy that's targeted here, regardless of if it's Blaine Gabbard or Marcus Mariota in. I think if you've got him, wide receiver, low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three upside. Tied in John New Smith. I mean, he's literally showed nothing 
since Delaney Walker's been out, so I wouldn't even mess with him. Running backs here, I, I, I honestly don't know what to think. Uh, obviously, Deion Lewis had the huge game last week, then almost nothing in Week 2. Not necessarily relied more on Derrick Henry, though he did have a have a decent game in, in Week 2. I think, for me, the thing with Jacksonville, and a lot of people are scared away from this matchup, they are giving up 12 catches a game to the running back. Uh, given a pretty decent yardage as well. I think if Marcus Mariota's in and he can target Lewis in the game uh, receiving-wise like he did in Week 1, I think Lewis could actually have a pretty good game here. I just don't know if I trust it because I don't know if they're going to lean on Lewis or if they're going to go Derrick Henry. This offense is really making no sense to me. It looks bad altogether. Maybe it's because Marcus Mariota was out last week or injured in week one with that elbow. I don't even know what to think. I think we need Mariota to come back, be healthy, before we can figure out what's going on with this uh, Tennessee Titan offense. On Jacksonville side of things, I mean, all of a sudden Blake Bortles is looking like Tom Brady out there. No joke. I mean, he's been he's been good ever since last year. He's been throwing it around. They've been kind of letting him loose. They didn't in that first game, but they have since. Let him cut it loose. He's looked good. Keelan Cole obviously has looked amazing. Had that one-handed catch last week. I think he's the guy to own. Him and D.D. Westbrook, like I talked about in the in the offseason, I know Dante Moncrief is still getting looks. I, I just don't think Dante Moncrief is that good. I think D.D. is eventually going to pass him as the number two guy on this depth chart. They're the only two guys that I want catching the ball on this team. I think at tight end, ASJ, just stay away from him. If you can get somebody else to do it, if you drafted him and that's all you got, whatever, play him. Hope that he gets you a touchdown. Other than that, I don't expect him to do anything else. And then in this running game, like I said, Leonard Fournette is expected to play. So if you've got him, you're starting him, play him. Hope he doesn't get re-injured. Uh, you know, they're saying that the hamstring, he said it feels fine. He looks good, so hopefully he'll be good to go. If he doesn't, though, it's going to be Corey Grant. Uh, who, again, I don't think Yeldon's going to play. Corey Grant did look good, kind of had more more touches and looked better than T.J. Yeldon last week anyway, so he's the guy to go to. And then, obviously, I have Jacksonville finally being able to beat the Tennessee Titans and winning this game to go to 3-0. and oh. The next game up, another game that I think could be a fantasy football frenzy, the 1-1 one one San Francisco 49ers going up against the 2-0 Kansas City Chiefs. So for San Francisco's side of things here, just Joshua Garnett, their guard, is out. Marquise Goodwin is questionable but is expected to play. This is huge for that offense and Jimmy Garoppolo. If he plays, I think it changes the complete dynamic of this offense uh, because Dante Pettis is questionable as well, and I don't think... From what I've heard, he's not expected to play. So they need one of those guys, uh, and I think Goodwin is going to play, and that could change this whole whole dynamic of the team. Eric Berry is still doubtful, as well as Ben Neiman, their linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. This defense has been so bad, I don't think it matters. I really do think this is going to come down to being a shootout. So for San Francisco's side of things, just as I talked about with Jimmy G, if Marquise Goodwin is back, I think that's really going to help out Jimmy G. I think he's going to be able to have a good game here. I expect him to be able to throw early and often against this Chiefs defense, and he's going to have to if Patty Ice continues on his just astronomical rate of throwing touchdowns that he has so far. I do think he's going to come down eventually. Just not sure it happens this week as I'm not – Really a believer in the San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, wide receiver-wise, again, if, if Marquise Goodwin plays, 
that's going to be huge for them. I think if if he does, you've got to throw him in your lineup. Hope that he stays healthy the whole time because he's that dynamic, uh, and and he's just you know one play away from getting you sixty yards and a touchdown on one play, one catch. Other than them, though, I mean Dante Pettis. I, I, like I said, I, I don't know if he's going to play. I think he is expected. I, I can't remember what those guys said. I'll have to. I would definitely watch out for that on Sunday mornings. Just make sure you pay attention to it because. There was talk that he may not play, but I think they changed it to later in the day that he will play. Other than them, though, I mean, Pierre Garçon looked okay last week. It looks like he's kind of developing a rapport finally with Jimmy Garoppolo. So maybe he could have a good game here, though I, I wouldn't expect it. It'd be Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis for me. Uh, George Kittle, you got him. You're playing him. Hopefully he can have a much better game than he did uh, last week. I don't expect him to you know, have the... 60-something yards or the touchdowns or anything like that and look as good as he did week one, but I would hope he does at least something in the middle of week one and week two, not just get you three fantasy points like he did last week because a lot of people, including myself, expect him to be a top-tier tight end. And then, obviously, for the running backs here, Matt Breida. It's Matt Breida all day long. I don't think that he's going to be the sole guy getting the ball. I think it's still going to be a timeshare between him and Alfred Morris. Um, but I do expect Breida to get it more often, and he's going to get to catches. Obviously, I don't think that's Alfred Morris's game. But I wouldn't be surprised if Alfred Morris uh, vultures a touchdown or two from him in this game. But if you've got Breida, you're starting him. I think uh, I, I would temper expectations a little bit. I don't think he's going to be quite as good as he was last week. But he should have a good game here and what's likely going to be a high-scoring game. For Kansas City side here, obviously Patrick Mahomes, if for whatever reason you've left him on your bench, stop being an idiot. Put him in. It's going to be another high-flying game. While I don't expect him to throw five touchdowns again this week, uh, he's going to be good, going to have a good game here. Just he he's a start every week. I don't if you've got him on your bench, I don't I don't even know what's wrong with you. Uh Tyree Kill here for the wide receivers obviously is the guy for me to go to. I said early in the year I thought he'd be the best wide receiver on this team. He would again finish as a top twelve wide receiver where a lot of people doubted that. He's obviously currently on pace, I think, to be the number one wide receiver. I think Michael Thomas is going to finish there. But uh, I definitely do think that he's going to be great again this week. I don't know if he scores, though. I honestly don't know if anybody on San Francisco can slow him down, so they probably will. Uh, I'm not expecting a big game from Sammy Watkins here. Uh, If they double Tyreek, obviously that will help out Sammy. But I think Sammy's last week was kind of an aberration. I don't expect him to have another good week again this week. And then, obviously, Travis Kelsey, huge game last week. Don't think he's going to get to two touchdowns. I do think he could score here, though. Have himself a good week. He's a top tight end. You've got him. You've got to play him. And then running back-wise, obviously, Kareem Hunt. Uh, He's been, obviously, fairly disappointing this season. A lot of that coming from the fact that I think Andy Reid, I don't even know if you can blame Andy Reid, but uh, just that their offense has been throwing the ball so much. But it's also because they've been scoring so quickly. Uh, with Patrick Mahomes so something to watch with Patrick Mahomes and again I know that I feel like I've kind of been poo-pooing on this dude the past couple weeks but uh just I I want everybody to temper expectations for him because again he's going up against another bad defense you know they don't 
they just they haven't played a really good defense, and I'm really worried that once that happens, he's going to kind of show what he truly is. I think Patrick Mahomes is a very good, very very good quarterback, and he's going to continue to being a very good quarterback. I would just tamper expectations, stop having the bus built for him already, like you guys did with Baker Mayfield, because he's he's going to have himself some bad games. I don't expect it to be this week, and I do expect Kansas City to go ahead, go in and win this game. Next up, the battle for Los Angeles. The one and one Chargers against the one and or the two and zero Rams. I'm sorry, I don't even know if the Rams are going to lose a game this year. Rams are heavily favored to win this game. Um, on the injury report, uh, obviously uh, for the Chargers, Corey Leggett, their defensive tackle, and Joe Barksdale are out. Joey Bosa is questionable. I don't expect him to play. Travis Benjamin questionable. I think he's expected to play, but for me, I don't think that really means much. And then for the Rams, uh, Mark Barron is doubtful. That is huge, I think, for these running backs for the Chargers. And then, obviously, Greg the Leg is out. So for the Chargers, Phillip Rivers, um, I expect him to have a a good game here. Again, I know that this Rams defense is, is extremely legit. They've shut down quarterbacks. Uh, But Phillip Rivers, the gunslinger of the Old West, I think he'll be fine. Uh, He's going to have to throw to keep this team in it because I don't see the rushing attack working at all for the Chargers. So I'm expecting good things from Phillip Rivers this week. Probably going to finish in that 12 to 15 range, possibly even higher. Expecting good things from Phillip Rivers. For the wide receivers, Keenan Allen here. Man, I'm honestly a little worried. Although, I see, it's hard for me to say that I'm worried about him when I'm calling for Phillip Rivers to have himself a good game here. But, um... The secondary is very good. I think the weakness for the Rams, if you can consider even a weakness, is their linebackers, especially with Barron being out now, which I think is kind of where Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler can thrive. Uh, other than them, though, I mean, obviously if you have Keenan Allen, you're starting him. He's a he's an elite wide receiver. He, he should put up some points, though I, I temper expectations a little bit on him just with this matchup. And then if I had to start anybody else, it would be Mike Williams. I really like the way he's kind of risen up the past two weeks. I think that's going to continue. Antonio Gates here. I know everybody, including myself, was hoping he would uh, do something. He just He's looked out of it, hasn't looked that good the past couple weeks. And maybe it's because he's still kind of working into football shape, as he did just sign, I believe, like five days before the season started. Uh, so if that's the case, I'd give him at least one more week before I'd start expecting some real fantasy production out of him. For the Rams side of things here, Goff, obviously, um, you know, I expect him to just continue doing what he does, having okay okay to good games here. As I've stated before, I think he's kind of an overrated game manager. It's all because of Sean McVay and the way he schemes this offense that makes them good. I expect Brandon Cooks to have a good game here for the Rams. Also expect Cooper Cup to have a good game here. Not uh, not feeling Robert Woods that much this week. Definitely would lean more on those two. Obviously, I don't uh, don't see either of these tight ends doing anything though. I did like the fact that um, Tyler Higby got a touchdown last week. Uh, made me realize that Sean McVay does realize that he does have tight ends in his offense. They do exist. It's not a figment of his imagination. So that was good to see. But I'm not expecting anything more out of him this week. Uh, for the Rams, and then obviously Todd Gurley. I mean, you've got him. You start him in. Holy crap! I just realized I completely skipped over Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler for the Chargers. So 
for those two, obviously, if you've got Gordon, you're starting him. I'm not expecting much out of him in the rushing game this year. He's actually not been that good rushing the ball this year. All of his work is coming up in um, the receiving game, and the Rams are actually giving up a surprising amount of catches to running backs. I believe it's 15, 15 catches a game to running backs. So that's a big deal. Melvin Gordon has been doing that. It's also where Austin Eckler thrives. So I think if you've got Eckler, I wouldn't be against starting him in a flex spot kind of role. I think that he could do something there, could have a have a good game. And then obviously Melvin Gordon as well. So then back to Todd Gurley. He's going to have a good game again, much like Melvin Gordon. Hasn't been that good rushing the ball this year, getting a lot of his production fantasy-wise out of the receiving game. But that's not going to change this week. He's going to continue doing that. And I expect the Rams to win this game and go to 3-0. and Next up. Uh, fuck. I don't even really want to talk about this game. <laughs> the 1 and 1 Cowboys are at the 0 and 2 Seahawks. I mean, it's it's probably as close as any of the games have been projected for winner wise. Um, you know, injury reports, Sean Lee is questionable expected to play, so is Cole Beasley. Uh Xavier Woods, the safety for the Cowboys, is out. Uh, other than that, David Irving, their defensive tackle, is out as well. For Seattle's side of things, Michael Kendrick's questionable. K.J. Wright, Doug Baldwin, Ethan Pochicks are all out. And then Earl Thomas is questionable. Not expected to play, though. Uh, for Cowboys' side of things here, I mean, realistically, you it's Zeke. That's it. Uh, you, you, I don't think you can start anybody else on this offense right now. They obviously look much better against New York, but just in my opinion, not good enough. Uh, if you have to start a wide receiver here, it's Cole Beasley just because he's going to get the targets and receptions. Realistically, that's it. Uh, they're already talking about uh, Terrence Williams being suspended due to his issue in the offseason. Love Michael Gallup as a rookie, but he just doesn't seem to ingrained in this offense at all until they can show how they know how to use him. I mean, I just I, I can't see using anybody. I can't see you using Dak either. You know, if you want to use Tavon Austin as like a high upside flex, go right ahead. I think you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot there, but that is whatever. I don't mean that as any disrespect to Cowboys fans, but it's just this offense just does not look good right now, and I think a lot of it is due to the fact that how banged up this offensive line is and that, in my opinion, Scott Lanahan is just a horrible play caller. So on the Seattle side of things, realistically, you're looking at the same thing, and it's a dumpster fire here. You've, if you've got Russell Wilson, you're playing him because he just seems to make things happen. If he's not throwing the ball, he's running it. He's creating offense. He's going to keep doing the same thing. Wide receiver-wise, I mean, Tyler Lockett is it, and then even with that, you're hoping for a big play, which is realistically all he's done. All of his production the past couple weeks has come from one big play, not multiple, one big play each week. Other than them, I mean, Brandon Marshall will be a red zone threat. Jerron Brown, just he's been getting targets, but he just hasn't proven anything yet for me. I would love to see him do much, but, I mean, he's literally sitting on a total of 6.3 fantasy points in two weeks that that's fucking horrible so i mean there's nobody here rashad penny chris carson in the backfield i'd avoid both of them completely as well just because i mean both of them are splitting carries for the most part but 
I mean, Penny looked better last week, but Chris Carson looked amazing in week one. Neither one of these guys seems to want to run away with the job. CJ Prosize looked good last week, but I need to see it again from him at least two more weeks due to the injury histories and see how they use him. I think game flow last week for them against uh, in their game last week was just, it was weird. Uh, I, I don't really trust that that game and the way that it flowed against uh, Chicago Monday night. I think it was just kind of the game flow stuff. So I, I need to see it at least if, at, at worst this week and see how they use process again before I really become a believer in him. Will Disley, you know, again, for me, he had the one big game in week one where four guys didn't seem to be able to tackle him. I don't know what was going on. I think he maybe lubed himself up before the play or something like that because I don't know how you that many people miss that dude. And then last week literally had six, one catch for six yards up until like three minutes left on Monday night and he caught a touchdown pass. So Will Disley, I'm avoiding him as well. I mean, listen, unless you're desperate. Other than that, I, I have the Seahawks winning this game uh, just because it's in Seattle, honestly. that That's it. I don't. I really don't have a better reason than that. Next up is another game I'm not really excited. Man, these afternoon games just kind of suck. One good game in the Battle of Los Angeles. But the Chicago Bears, the 1-1 Chicago Bears at the 0-2 Arizona Cardinals. For the Bears, DeAndre Houston Carson, their safety is out. So is uh, Marcus Cooper Sr., their cornerback for the Cardinals. Olsen Pierre and Andre Smith, their defensive tackle and offensive tackle are out. Larry Fitz, the legend, is questionable, uh, is expected to play, though I'm not expecting much out of him. Chicago's side of things here, Trubisky, much like um, Jared Goff for me, kind of game manager-ish right now. I'd, I'd kind of avoid him. If you got Allen Robinson, I'm starting him. Dude's a stud. He's looked great since coming back. And being with the Bears, I've liked what I've seen out of him. I think he's going to continue to be legit. Um, other than him, though, on this wide receiver core, maybe T- Taylor Gabriel. Other than those two, though, I'm not doing anything. Trey Burton, if you've got somebody else, I'd start him over him right now. He just doesn't seem to be getting the targets. Tariq Cohen, I'd avoid. Jordan Howard uh, has looked great. I'd continue with Jordan Howard if you could. I mean, obviously, if you have him, you're starting him. Dude's been legit the past couple weeks. I'd love to see him finally score a touchdown and get the ball a little bit more. Head coach Matt Nagy said that they were going to do that. I would love to see if that's actually true. And they decided to do that against this bad Arizona team, which is allowing, uh, rushing-wise, 136 yards a game against them. So this could be a huge game for Jordan Howard. I, I would love to see it happen. For Arizona side of things here, much like the past two teams we talked about in Dallas and Seattle in the last game, it's a dumpster fire here, man. Sam Bradford has looked horrible, whether that's the offensive line uh, injuries they've had or just because Bradford just he, – he looks like he's done. Uh, you know, they've already said that they're not planning on playing Rosen when, they, when it's quote-unquote time. Rosen will play whatever the hell that means. I don't know. So for me, until Rosen comes in, I just – I don't trust anybody in this offense. You know, David Johnson – not due to him has just been bad. A lot of his work, though, the past couple years comes from the receiving game. Bradford's just not checking it down to him. Uh, I don't expect him to really do anything rushing-wise. 
because that offensive line is so bad. I mean, he's had 85 yards on 22 carries. You know, if they get down in the red zone, I expect him to get the ball and score. But other than that, you just can't trust him. If you've got him, you're playing him because he's just he is one of the best running backs in the league. And unless you've got Zeke and Barkley or, you know, somebody in Howard, Tevin Coleman and Howard, if you've got like those three, Fuck it. Bench Johnson because he, you know, I could definitely see Tevin Coleman and Jordan Howard having better games than him. There are realistic scenarios. I guess you could bench David Johnson for the most part. If you got him, you're starting him because he's an elite running back. He can make something happen. It's just this team is so bad around him. It's hard for him to do. And then, like I said, wide receiver wise, I mean, it's Larry Fitz if he plays. And then even then, I'm, I, I, Honestly, would probably bench him. I've got him ranked fairly low this week. I think I've got him in the mid twenties. I think just he just hasn't been able to develop that rapport with Sam Bradford, and Bradford's just looked bad. I just don't trust anybody in this offense right now. And then I have uh, Chicago winning this game, and then for the last game, uh, Sunday night, the one and one New England Patriots going into the zero and two fighting Matt Patricia Lions where I'm actually hoping and expecting this to be a good game here. Um, so, New England side of things here, just Jacob Hollister, their tight end is out. Obviously, Josh Gordon is questionable with uh, the fact that he just joins the team. I think he'll play, but he's probably only going to play certain plays and get certain routes. That is what it is. I'm not expecting much out of Josh Gordon this week. It's going forward. I would expect him to actually be fairly good. And then Patrick Chung, the safety, and Trey Flowers, the defensive end, are both doubtful. Obviously, with the doubtful tag, the chances are they're not playing. Detroit Lions here, Andrew Donnell, their offensive tackle is out. But the biggest one, Darius Slay, their cornerback, is questionable and not expected to play. Marvin Jones is questionable as well, but is expected to play. But Darius Slay is out. That is huge for the Patriots. You know, they while I don't think they really have much going on in the wide receiver position anyway, Darius Slay is by far one of the best cornerbacks in the league. And if he is not playing, that is very could very easily spell bad news for the Lions as the the Patriots could throw all over them. So for the Patriots side of things, obviously Tom Brady, you got him. You're starting him. It's not even a question. Don't worry about it. For the wide receiver side things here, so I think a lot of it's going to depend on how much Josh Gordon is on the field. We haven't heard anything really about it. I think you've got to look, watch, see what kind of happens Sunday, see what they say. If you've got Gordon, I would not play him. I'm just throwing that out there right now. But if he plays, I think that that could open up things for Chris Hogan. Because he's he Chris Hogan for me is much more a complimentary piece, much more better complimentary wide receiver two than he is a elite wide receiver one. And Gordon, when he's on the field, is going to get that respect. The defenses will have their best guys on him more than likely. And that'll kind of free up Hogan getting the better matchups. Other than him, though, Philip Dorsett, I could see having a good game here because I do expect this to be I don't want to say a blowout, but I, I well actually I think it's gonna be a very high scoring game. I think Detroit's gonna for the most part, be able to keep up with them. And then, obviously, if you've got Gronk, you're starting Gronk. That's not even a not even a question. For the running backs here, though, uh, Burkhead is expected to play. I think if he does, 
I think he's going to get the bulk of the carries, but I still think I'd lean James White here just because of what he's been doing in the passing game. He's kind of carved out that role. I think he's going to keep getting it. Uh, I would like to see kind of more of Sony Michelle this week and see what he can do because uh, I know a lot of people, obviously, if you own Sony Michelle, you're hoping that he becomes the lead back in this New England offense. But it's going to take him a couple weeks to do that. So this could be a week for him to do some damage, see where we go, or see where he goes from here, from there kind of moving forward and we'll address that or kind of a, assess it when it happens. But for me, it's Burkhead and then I would, or I would take white over everybody and then Burkhead, then Michelle on the line side of things, Stafford, you know, he, he's had okay, an okay week last week. Obviously week one was just awful. There, there's no other way to put it. It was horrible. Bounced back a little bit last week against San Francisco, though I do think he could have had a better game. He missed Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones for some big plays last week. Um, for the wide receivers here, so Kenny Galladay's been having a great year so far, but what worries me about Kenny Galladay this week is that Bill Belichick always takes out one player, and for me, I think that's going to be Kenny Galladay. Because I, I don't think Marvin Jones or Golden Tate really scare them as much as Kenny Galladay does. I think Kenny Galladay is the best wide receiver on that team. Golden Tate can be contained. I think Marvin Jones can be contained. So if they try to take Kenny Galladay out, then I, I think they'll obviously succeed in doing it. Bill Belichick has a very good track record of doing things like that. So I'm still starting him in a league just because I'm hoping for that upside, but it does worry me a little bit. I think Golden Tate, yet again, is going to have a big week. Uh, I think he'll get his you know, eight, nine, possibly ten catches, a bunch of yards, probably not score, but with PPR, with the catches and yards he gets, is going gonna to save you anyways. Marvin Jones, I think, is kind of the third man here, for me at least with Detroit. Running back-wise... I mean, I guess it's got to be Theo is the guy I'm leaning on most uh, just because I think they'll be passing more often, so he'll get some of that passing uh, passing work. I would love to see carry on in there to see what he does. I think Garrett Blunt obviously wants to get in there and score. Uh, I don't know if you could call it a revenge game, but you know he is going up against one of his old teams. Uh, I'm sure he'll get in there as long as he doesn't get kicked out of another game for fighting or anything like that. Um but other than those guys, I mean that that's it. I don't I don't see much out of Luke Wilson the tight end here as well. And then I've got uh, I've got New England barely winning this game. All right, so that is going to do it for our game previews for Sunday. Now I'm going to jump in and do my cover four. So what my cover four thing is going to be is I'm going to hit you with four kind of bold predictions or things that I could I think possibly could happen here that many people aren't expecting and kind of touching on the four big matchups or just four things I, I really like looking forward to the coming week's game so number one going right to that Chicago Arizona game Jordan Howard Arizona again like I said give it up 136 yards a game I expect Jordan Howard to put up 100 plus yards up I, I would guess I'm gonna go like 120 ish and score two touchdowns in that game and sticking with the running back theme here, I'm going to go Corey Clement. I think it's going to finish as a top 12 back this week, getting a line share load in that Eagles uh, backfield here against the Colts. Uh, next one, I'm going to go to quarterbacks here. I think Jimmy G is going to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in what I expect to be a huge fantasy blowout against the Chiefs. 
And then my last one, man, I'm debating on a couple here. I got, you know, I'm just going to give them all. I don't even care. I said cover 4-4. Four, four. I'm going to give you six. Tom Brady, I think, is going to throw for 350 yards and three touchdowns. Or no, two touchdowns. No, you know what? Fuck it. We're going three touchdowns. Three touchdowns against the Detroit Lions. Uh, Tevin Coleman, I think, is going to have another 100-plus game with a touchdown here against the Saints. And then my last two will do a wide receiver. I don't really have many wide receiver ones this week. Will Fuller, I think, is going to have a great game here, 60 yards and a touched. And then last but not least, George Kittle. Uh, great little line here from my boys over at the Back Row Fantasy Show. You need to check them out if you love IDP leagues. They do a great job. George Kittle down the middle. I think is going to score a touchdown this week for the 49ers. So that is going to wrap it up for me, guys, today on this Friday podcast. Again, sorry I'm getting it out so late. Hope you guys enjoy your fantasy football Sundays this coming week. Have a couple got great games, mostly morning games, afternoon slate kind of sucks, and then hopefully a good Sunday night game. I wish all of you, unless you're playing me, the best of luck in your matchups this week. Have yourselves a great weekend. Peace. again for listening to the fantasy roundtable podcast check us out on twitter fla blog on medium and come back tomorrow for a brand new episode have a great day guys